Sing glory to his name.
Amen. A religion that's not holy is just a bunch of full holes. Amen. Amen. We're so glad that each one is here today to worship the Lord on this Halloween, right? We won't call it that. We'll call it uh, what, Harvest Sunday, right? Uh, we had that a few weeks ago when we had Back to Church Roundup Sunday. That was kind of our harvest. But we're also understanding that this is what the world calls Halloween, but we are also excited about tonight because we are, have an opportunity to um, witness to a lot of people. And so last year it was over 400 that we had a witness, a witness to. And so what a great blessing it is to be able to do that again this year. Amen. Some of our announcements before we do, let's go into our verse for today. It's in Psalms 111, verse 1 and 2. It says, Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright. And in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great. Sought out all them that have pleasure therein. Amen. I pray that we can seek out the will of God in our life, in our love, in our loyalty to him. Because that's what it's all about. Not only in the congregation, but in our homes, in our communities where we live. Amen. Amen. Some of our announcements for today. Ladies' conference meeting and business meeting on November 7th, which will be next Sunday. And so be ready for that. Just a quick meeting right after uh, Sunday morning service for our ladies. And then a business meeting um, at 1 o'clock um, for, for our church. And then Lord's Supper for our members on November, 20, uh, November 14th, sorry, following our morning service. So we want you to be a part of that. Also, if you're members of the church, we invite you to stay after church. We'll, we'll adjourn for a few minutes and then we'll come back together. And if you know someone who's a member who hasn't been here in a while, and who's, who's stuck at home or whatever, um, encourage them with cards and phone calls and let them know that they are missed. And this is a great opportunity to, to be a part of our membership and to do this uh, thing that we do collectively in unity. Amen. Um, some of the other announcements. Today, workers show up at 2.30. And we're going to be putting our cars in line and getting our hot dogs all in order. Any, any news on hot dogs? We got to know? No? It's here. All right. All right. So we got some hot dogs ready to go. And so we'll be um, wrapping and wrapping those hot dogs. So we're wrapping at church, right? Um, so that will be today. And then 4 o'clock, people will show up. And we have the fire truck. Uh, a fire truck and police um, car coming and with the officers and firemen they'll be here at four o'clock they may not be able to stay the whole time but we're going to give them that whole back area so that people can come and meet them greet them and see the fire truck maybe they'll turn on the siren a couple times that'd be awesome so uh, if you haven't brought any of your candy bring it uh, bring it this evening when you come to help right so is that a good way of telling you you need to come and help? Little, little plug right there. We need all hands on deck, okay? So Sunday is a God day of rest. You're not having to work, so, so you can make it. So we'd love for you to come. Even if you see that all spaces are filled and what you wanted to do out there on the board, it ain't all about what you want to do. This ain't Burger King, folks, amen? It ain't about having your way. It's about having God's way. We need to do that together in unity and purpose and conviction and service for God. Amen. Um, something else coming up, and I'm going to have Sister Pam tell us about it. So we're going to have our ladies' luncheon 
at the Rose Garden Tea Room again on the 4th of December. We have it reserved. They changed their rules, so we had to put money down. We have a cutoff of November 21st. If you, and I'm going to call it a commitment to come, we're going to have to pay for you whether you come or not. So we also have to choose from the menu that they gave us. And um, Sandra, how do we, should we put that at the back? What should we do about that? Okay. So if you want to come, then you have to choose what you're going to have for lunch. And we have to turn that in the Monday after the 21st. Um, and so we're asking you to commit by Sunday, November 21st. We're going to have a, um, a top, I'm going to call it a top contest and we're going to festive, have festive top. festive um, but it can be gaudy it can be festive it can be creative and we're going to have those three prizes um, we'll uh, judge we'll all vote in like we did last year and there'll be winners and there will be a prize for them and that's it if you have questions ask sandy and i oh fuss, the fuzzy socks or um uh slipper exchange we're doing that again all right all right, so your feet get cold. You get cold feet of coming, show up. They won't be cold feet for very long, all right? All right, um, so uh, what an awesome opportunity for everyone here to be a part of that. Well, ladies at least. So any age lady, okay, if you're a young girl, come on down because we want every, every female to be part of this. So uh, what a wonderful day to serve God, amen? Amen, the weather's getting cooler right? We're not sweating out there so much, but, you know, maybe we'll be sweating during the sermon today, you know, and sweat, you know, Brother Chapel may be uh, delivering a powerful message today. And anytime you get into God's word, it's powerful, amen? So let's, let's continue to pray for our pastor today. Let's pray for our church, pray for the event that we're having um, this afternoon, and we just pray that God would open the door of witness to our community around us, amen? Let's go to God in word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you and praise you for this time together and this time to worship and this time to just celebrate who you are in us and through us and for us, dear Lord, in spite of ourselves, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to take the mask off of our own hearts, dear Lord, and not play a Halloween with you, dear God, because you see us, dear Lord. You're the, tr the treat, never the trick, Lord. And we just pray that you'll just bless our hearts as we uh, continue to be a blessing to you. We thank you, dear Lord, for the songs that we sing, Lord, and as we have, have we have, seen, have sung this morning already in the songs we're about to sing, dear Lord, that you are our everything. You are our all in all. You are our King and Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, dear Lord, for the blessing of being in your house. We hope and pray, dear Lord, that if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord, that this would be the day, hour, and moment that they can accept you as a child of God. We thank you and praise you in your son's precious name. Amen. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my Bye. 
Change my heart, oh God, make it
Change my heart, O oh God. It's only when we change our heart that our attitude is changed. And we go forward doing the things that God would want us to do. Great song. We welcome each one of you to the Lord's house. If you are a guest, we doubly welcome you. And we're, we hope that you will come and see us again anytime that you have the time and opportunity, like next Sunday. <laughs> and uh, so today we're going to get right into our message. I know we've got a big day, big afternoon for a lot of folks. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, meeting new people, our neighbors, as we have our trunk or treat again. And uh, are we still in need of candy? Sure, sure. Yeah, sure enough. Okay, so if you need more candy, we need more candy. And, uh, and so if you can run down the store and get some, bring it back uh, today at 2.30. Workers will be here at 2.30. So we uh, just really never like to have not enough, not have enough, you know. Uh, I'd rather have too much than not enough. And so be mindful of that and be working on that. Also remind you that each year we uh, do hygiene bags to give to the homeless. The Lord told us to look after them, take care of them. We don't do it. And he says, like, you're treating me bad. And so it's a good time to start collecting those things because uh, of a lot of the limitations that we have in uh, delivery of things that come from abroad. And a lot of those things do. And so uh, you pretty well know, if you don't know what hot those hygiene items are, we'll have a list uh, coming forth fairly soon. Uh, same thing we do every year. Let me say we do use uh, shaving cream and razors. They do allow us to put those in there. I think last year a lot of people think we didn't do that. But yeah, we, I asked. That's why I, why I know we can. So be mindful of that. And I bought some shaving cream myself and some razors. And uh, a lot of other things that homeless could be. We always get the travel size because these people are afoot. And that's, uh, they don't have a whole lot of room. We also have backpacks that they uh, fill up with those things. So good time to start collecting those. We'll talk about our, our white Christmas dinner that we have come business meeting and set a date and time for that. All right, the parable of the vineyard. We've been going through the book of Mark, and there's a lot of sermons. I could, you know, just this whole chapter, I could, I could just spend about a month on this one chapter, and I don't think I, I'm not that good. I couldn't keep you that long. And so I uh, just kind of picked one event out of each chapter uh, to uh, present to you. And this is probably not the most uh, exciting uh, chapter uh, part of this uh, this chapter. Uh, in fact, it's one of the more some a lot of times difficult ones to understand all of the ins and outs uh, of that. I, I heard a story. Remind me of a story I heard uh, about this lady that came to church one day and she had this box of potatoes to give to the pastor, and all these potatoes were wrapped in foil. And on the box, he could tell that these were choice uh, potatoes. They weren't just uh, uh, cheap potatoes. They were high-priced, expensive uh, baking potatoes that she brought him. 
And uh, he was just kind of overwhelmed that she went to that trouble and to that much expense uh, to get this quality of potatoes for him. So he went to her and he asked her, he said, why, why did you bring me these expensive potatoes? She said, well, because I've heard you say that the commentators didn't always agree with you. <laughs> and so I didn't bring you commentators. I bring, brought you deluxe commentators. Well, you know, there's a lot of Bible, Bible commentators. There are uh, commentaries that the commentators try to explain what the scriptures say. And, and uh, we poke fun at the evolutionists because they all have different theories of evolution. Well, a lot of commentators have their different theologies as well. And they don't always agree uh, with one another. And I've learned that uh, in this, uh, these passages that we read today. But remember this, that this is a parable. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And unless Jesus tries to uh, tell what each part of that parable means, it usually has just one central meaning. One central meaning. And so keep that in mind as we uh, look at this parable. In chapter 12, verse 1, and we find Jesus speaking, and he said he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it and digged a place for the wine vat and built a tower and led it out to a husbandman and went into a far country. And the season, at the season, he sent to the husbandman a servant that he might receive from the husbandman of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away empty. And again he sent unto them another servant, and at him they cast stones and wounded him in the head and sent him away, shamefully handled. <clears throat> and again he sent another, and him they killed and many others, beating some and killing some. Having yet, therefore, one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also unto, uh, last unto them, the last one, saying, they will reverence my son. Oh, yeah? But those husbandmen said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard and what therefore the lord of the vineyard what shall therefore the lord of the vineyard do and he will come and destroy the husbandman and he will give the vineyard unto others and have ye not read the scripture the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner this was the lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes a lot of times I have found that people that speak the most about Jesus are people that know him the least. They may know lots of Bible facts, but they do not know the author themselves. And so it was here with these Jewish leaders 
that Jesus was speaking to. Uh, they were dogging him. They were constantly trying to find fault with him and his teaching. And so Jesus now kind of takes the gloves off and he speaks to them in this parable. And uh, these men wanted to do one of two things, either discredit Jesus or preferably kill Jesus to destroy him because he came teaching something that was contrary to what they were teaching and so they felt like Jesus was saying you guys are wrong and and I guess it's just human nature nobody likes to be told you're wrong <laughs> you may like that is that just something you really enjoy I never enjoyed that uh, a lot of times it's just the embarrassment. It's hard to, to put up with the the, uh, the embarrassment that you were uh, not able to grasp uh, the right answer. So after uh, Jesus had uprooted the money changers in chapter 11, remember that he went into the temple after he came down from the from the mountain and came in on the donkey, he went into the temple uh, well he got there late he went back to bethany then he came back went into the temple and he uh, uprooted them in his righteous indignation a lot of times people say well jesus sinned because he got mad not wrong to get mad the bible says be angry and sin not what what jesus has was righteous indignation and because he is holy because he is all righteous he has the right uh, to do that and so uh, and nevertheless, uh, after he had done this, this angered these scribes and these Pharisees to the point that the plot was set. Uh, you know, they decided what they were going to do. And if you go uh, back to chapter 11 uh, and in verse uh, 18, and it says, The scribes of the chief priest heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. He, he was robbing them of their followers uh, and of those that were dedicated uh, to them and their teaching. And so they wanted to destroy Jesus and eventually uh, they thought that they had done that. Except one thing they did not know is you can't keep a good man down. Amen. That's another sermon for another day. But in chapter 12, Jesus begins to speak this uh, parable into the ears of these enemies. Uh, and he served notice to them <laughs> that God's forbearance had come to an end. Folks, there's a time when God quits saying please. There's a time when God's grace ends. His love is extinguished and it brings forth his wrath and he informed them of that. And so remember this, <clears throat> these people that he talked to in this day and age lived in an agrarian society. And so when Jesus taught, he taught and he was the best teacher. He would go from what was known to what was unknown. We do the same thing today, don't we? We teach with all kinds of, of examples. We teach about what you know, and then we make spiritual application. 
We go from the known to the known, the visible to the invisible, the tangible to the intangible. And so that's what Jesus does as he teaches them. He, he, he talked about, uh, about sheep and about shepherds. That's where they lived. There's no shortage of sheep over there. <laughs> there's, there's animals uh, even today. Uh, he, he talked about seeds and about sowers. He talked about uh, growing wheat and growing uh, barley and growing figs and grapes and, and olives and harvesting all of these things. And so they, he related to their minds as he talked to them. And I think it's so important, teachers, preachers, that we put the jelly on the bottom shelf so everybody can get it. Amen. I've been, uh, you know, I've been in, in a military chapel program where we had chaplains that would talk, and I believe their goal was to speak over everybody's head, that when you left, you said, what did he say? <laughs> I don't have a clue what the message was. And so we have to be careful with all of our theological terms that common people don't know. They, don't, they haven't learned those things. And so we go for what they do know. And that's what Jesus does. Here, he uses the vineyard. He, he uses something that they were very uh, acquainted with. He talked about who owned it and who worked in it. And so he, was, he got right down to the lick log with these guys. And he talks about this vineyard. And, and he uses these metaphors. Uh, and, and the vineyard represented Israel. Uh, the owner who owned it and planted it, who was that? Well, that was God. You see, he went from the known to the unknown. The laborers uh, were these religious leaders that uh, he uh, uh, mentions here, that he deals with here. And so <clears throat> we understand uh, that this, this husbandman, this is the word, that our King James text uses, the husbandman. And I did a little research on uh, this word, uh, husbandman, and it comes from a Greek word, gagoras, is the word, and it means a watcher, uh, he, a person that is an overseer. And it's a plural word. It wasn't just a one person, but it was a, a group of people that were the laborers that, that worked and took care and overseed uh, the, uh, the this vineyard. And so this owner had taken, he says, and had uh, built this vineyard. He had, he had taken and he had planted it. He put a wall uh, around it. He built a tower. He even dug a vat where they could collect the juice from the grapes. And he did it with great care. He did it so it would be secured. And so he, that uh, teaches us uh, some lessons right there that it was planted with care and God does the same thing. And then he leased it out and he left for a far journey. And no doubt at this juncture of the story, he had everybody's attention. They were there with bated breath. Boy, I wish I could do that, you know. I look out there and see some of you yawning, you know, see some of you looking. You know, and I don't care if you look, just don't do that, okay? <laughs> but Jesus was the best teacher, amen? And uh, we, have, we have big shoes to follow, don't we, preachers? And so, nevertheless, I'm sure it was with bated breath 
that they listened to Jesus. What a great, wouldn't it have been great to listen to the stories, these parables that Jesus told just to try to figure out who he was talking to and talking about? We have hindsight now, and we have the commentators also. <laughs> and that helps us to understand a little bit. But it says uh, in, in verse 2 that the season had come that they would receive the produce. I thought this was interesting. <clears throat> in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 23 and through verse 25, uh, we read that uh, about this harvest. It says, When they shall come into the land and shall have planted all manner of trees uh, for food, then you shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be as uncircumcised unto you, and it shall not be eaten, but of the fourth year all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord with. And the commentators talked a lot about, uh, about this <clears throat> and why these people had either leased this property, they had become tenant farmers, if you know what a tenant farmer is, and how they worked it. And while the owner left and went to this far country that he went to, and then he sent this servant that we're going to talk about to them to get what was due him, the owner. <clears throat> Some believe this was con this is a little conflict between the commentators uh, that that he came to get a portion of the fruit because it couldn't be taken really. <clears throat> it could be taken to the fifth year if you go ahead and keep reading there in Leviticus 19. And so, but he could take it the tithe, the 10% of it, and take it to the Feast of the Tabernacles. That's what that verse of Scripture was talking about. And offer it <coughs> as sacrifice. <coughs> and so, with that being understood, I want us to see four things. Number one, the servants and their treatment. Number two, the son and his rejection. Number three, the questions and the answers. And number four, the visuals and their lessons. Number one, the, serpent, the servants and their treatment. In verse 2, and, the sea, and in the season, he sent to the husbandman, these laborers, a servant, that he might receive from them, from the husbandman, of the fruit of the vineyard. Not all of it, but perhaps a portion of it, that he might go and offer it. But we find that they didn't want to do that, right? Uh, who was the servants? The servants, metaphorically, were the prophets. They were the prophets that Jesus was talking about who had come uh, and but were killed. And so uh, he would take this and offer the sacrifice that this uh, servant would. Uh, but he was beaten. He was taken and thrown out of the city because they wanted to keep the produce to themselves, hoping that this land, this farm, would become theirs. And so keep that in mind as we go through uh, this thing. And so they were beaten and, and left out, uh, and then others came. And in verse 4 and verse 5, we find that others came uh, to get the produce but once again, they were beaten. And once again, I think they were killed and probably dragged out of, out of town. 
and so didn't come back. And so they didn't get good treatment whatsoever. And that's the way that John happened to John the Baptist. John the Baptist came with the message. And he dealt with that at the end of chapter uh, 11, talking about John the Baptist. But all the other prophets also had been killed through the years. They came with the message of God, the message of Christ, the message of deliverance from the judgment. And in Matthew 23, uh, 37 through 39, remember Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, he cried over Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stone them. He said, I would have gathered thee as a hen would gather her chicks, but you would not have me. And so these prophets came with the message of Christ. And they killed them and they stoned them. And then we see the son and his rejection. Go down to verse 6. And having yet therefore one son. You getting the picture now? Who's well beloved. That ring a bell? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. <laughs> but those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and they killed him. And they cast him out of the vineyard. Wow. What's that a picture of? <laughs> well, if you've been in the Bible at all, you know they're talking about the crucified one. Talking about God who sent his only begotten son to come into the world with a message of hope and a message of salvation, and a message of peace and deliverance. But they took him with cruel, wicked hands, and they crucified him after they had beaten him and took him outside of the city and put him in a borrowed tomb. That's the son. He was rejected. The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. The son and his rejection. Number three, the question and the answer. Verse nine, he says, What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? Huh. Well, this is a rhetorical question. Uh, we don't get to answer the question. The Pharisees and the scribes, the chief priests, this religious crowd, it wasn't for them to answer. Jesus was going to give them the answer. He was going to give him the answer, and this is what he said. He said in verse 10, or in the verse 9, but he will come and destroy the husbandmen, the laborers, and he will give the vineyard unto others. He will give the vineyard to others. He will destroy. He will come with judgment. Remember I said in the beginning, there comes a time when grace ends. When grace is in, it is great. <laughs> but when it ends, it's over. It's time of mercy. But when mercy, when time of mercy ends, judgment begins. 
And this is a great question with a rhetorical question and a great, awesome, powerful statement. Don't you know that the listeners perked up when Jesus gave the answer? A lot of people today don't want to talk about God being a God of judgment. <clears throat> Folks, if we tore out every page in this book that had to do with judgment, we wouldn't have much left. Because God is a God of judgment. When God's love is rejected, when God's Son is rejected, it brings forth His judgment. And you cannot read the Bible and believe the Bible without believing that there is a judgment. Then we see the visuals and their lessons. And so here we find that as we look at this, we see several things. I can see a lot of stuff, you know, make personal applications. Bible study without application is not worth a whole lot. First of all, see the goodness of God. Just as this fella had, uh, who owned the land, he designed this vineyard, he planted the vineyard, he built the wall, the hedge, it's called in King James, is a wall of protection. He put a tower up there. He dug this vat that would collect the juice from the grapes. So he stomped it out. Likewise, God created the world and he, and he, he made it good. Each morning when I walk, I want to say, and sometimes I do if I'm there by myself, nobody barks but the dogs. I like to sing, How Great Thou Art. How great thou art. One time I was out there and it was dark. I didn't know there was somebody else in the park. <laughs> uh, it did not go without comment when we passed away. But uh, to exalt God for his creation. All through the Bible we find when God is exalted many, many times, especially in the Psalms, he is recognized as the creator. A lot of times, even today, people don't want to accept the fact that God created the world. But he did, and he, he made it a home. And when you study Genesis, you read how God made the universe, and then God made this planet, and he, and he put everything in it for man. And then the last thing that he did, he put man in the house. What a house. What a house. Beautiful house. And so the planet that God made, the house that God made, the vineyard that God made has everything in it that we need. Just like this vineyard. Man, it, it was a deluxe Cadillac vineyard. I mean, it had a wall around to protect it from the enemies. Also, because a lot of times the enemy would come and they wanted to get back at you. They'd tear up your vineyard. Or the animals would get through there. If you've ever been lived in the country, you know that a lot of times the varmints will come and raccoons love corn. They'll tear up a cornfield in New York Minute. So will deer. <laughs> and so they had this wall of protection around it. Had a tower so you could get up and you could keep watch and look. Make sure that it was secure. Not only that, but he even made the vat dug out a place where they could collect their own juice. They, had to go they didn't have to take their grapes into town to get them squeezed. They could do it right there. It was a Cadillac. And God has made this wonderful place called planet Earth. 
And he has also given us the kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, and he has entrusted that kingdom to us, just like he's given this planet to us, and we are to, and, and, to, 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 to take care of it, not to uh, abuse it. And so today we can understand the goodness of God. He has given us the word of God that it cannot be destroyed, but it can be perverted. And it's imperative that we should study it and that we should interpret it and that we would preach it in truth and in context. What, a, what an honor that is. He's given us the organization called the church a local body of baptized believers covenanted together to carry out the great commission of the Lord. What an honor it is. How great God is. I don't know where I'd be today if it wasn't for the local church that has served as an encouragement to this old boy through the years. Trust of God, number two. The trust of God. He left the planet to take care of us. He left the kingdom for us to take care of. He gave the Bible for us to take care of. He gave us the church that we might take care of it. That's a lot of trust for a fallen people that have just been born again. And so how many times that he has sent for his share of what was to come to him, the owner, Shows the long-suffering of God. That's the third thing. The long-suffering God. You know, after they killed the first prophet, he could have just smashed them right then. But he didn't. He said another one. And finally sent his son. And eventually sent the Holy Spirit. And that's when you reject the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's goodbye, Katie, bar the door. So we see the long-suffering of God. And then we can visually see the justice of God through the answer that he gave. Because the grace of God has its limits. And when it ends, as we talked before, judgment begins. The most foolish thing that you can ever do is to go to war with God. The foolish thing that would ever happen to us would be to do things that would insult God. These guys were so ignorant. That's what sin does. In their greed, they thought if they would kill the son who was the heir, they would inherit the farm, the vineyard. How foolish that is. How foolish that is. And he said in verse 9, the last part of verse 9, he says, He will come and destroy the husbandman, and he will give the vineyard unto others. I believe he was probably talking about the kingdom activity, that he would destroy that. He would give that to Gentiles. <laughs> he would usher in a new institution called the church. Because these people did not want him. So we find the visuals. 
when you look, you can probably find something. I found the commentators could find a lot of stuff that I couldn't see. <laughs> it's kind of like a Peanuts cartoon where Peanuts and uh, Charlie Brown and Linus and Lucy were laying on the ground and they were looking up at the clouds and, and one of them said, hey, there, look at that cloud. That looks like Winston Churchill. Oh, then looked up the cloud and said, look at that one. That, that looks like New Zealand. Charlie Brown looks at the cameraman and he says, all I saw was a ducky and a horsey. <laughs> and so a lot of times I don't see what all the commentators see. Maybe true, maybe not. But in recapping, we've seen the vineyard and its caretakers. The vineyard was owned by God. The husbandmen or the caretakers were these people, these religious bunch. The servants and their treatment, we've looked at them that killed the prophets and stoned them. The son and his rejection was Jesus who came to his own and his, his own received him not. The visuals and their lessons, we talked about the goodness of God, the trust that God has given to us, the long suffering of God to keep on and keep on inviting us to do what is right and the justice of God that when it ends. Well, you say, well, preacher, you've done a pretty terrible job <laughs> at uh, presenting all this. But let me give you something to take home. Number one, Jesus is the beloved son who is rejected, who was rejected and killed by Israel's religious lot. And he was killed for us. He was killed for us. Verse 10, it says, have you not read the scripture? The stone of the builders that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. The cornerstone was the important, most important part. Everything else, every other stone was measured by the cornerstone. Holly used to sing that song, Jesus the cornerstone. And Jesus is the cornerstone. And this is the stone that was rejected. Jesus referred to the stone in the, in, by the New Testament writers also prophesied in the Old Testament again and again and again. He is the rock. And so we find this in verse 10. Number two, the prophets were those who came to bring the message and were persecuted. Persecuted. I believe this. You take this home. I've been preaching this for 50 years almost. I believe every family needs a family prophet. And I look at a lot of families and I find that they, they, a lot of them have one. It might be a grandma. It might be granny or grandpa or it might be an aunt or an uncle. In our family, we had an aunt, my Aunt Mincy. She was the family prophet. My, my wife had a family prophet and hers and, and, and that was Aunt Jackie. She was the one to let you know what thus saith the Lord. And if you were wrong, she'd call you out on it. Thank God for family prophets. You might be the family prophet that God's calling to be your family prophet. Don't expect that you'll get accepted by all but a few. Number three, don't forget that God counts it serious when his messengers are treated harshly. They killed the prophets. God didn't forget that. These old scribes and chief priests, they probably 
never put much account to all the prophets that were killed. God didn't forget it. The freshest one was John the Baptist that they had him put to death. And he reminded them of that. No doubt he's the one that came to their mind. And then number four, I think this is for the judgment wheels of God are slow, <clears throat> but they are heavy. They are heavy. And so the, the most foolish thing you can ever do, as I said, is to go to war with God. Go to war with God. Uh, remember this, that God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. Did you get that? He's always on time, and judgment will come when it's time. Don't think because it's slow that it's not coming. It will come, and he will laugh at their calamity. And so today, look at the cross. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. The son was rejected, and the son died, that we might live. He has a message of truth that comes from above. It's a message of hope and of peace, which people are looking for. People are doing all kinds of stuff, ladies and gentlemen, to find peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. He is that rock. Don't reject him while we stand. Father in heaven, I thank you today for your word. It's rich and it's real. I pray, Father, that you would bless this feeble effort to present the Christ who was rejected. And pray, Father, as we have come forward 2021, that there be those that have never received Christ but have rejected him that today would be the day that they would humble themselves before you and with a repentant heart trust him as their personal savior that they might receive him and receive forgiveness of their sin and eternal life help us lord not to confuse religion with relationship because we know that these religious people that crucified jesus were a religious bunch but it's only with a relationship with him that we become your children. That we, we be heirs of God and join heirs with Christ <clears throat> because he accepted us. And I pray, Lord, that today there be one amongst us in the privacy of their own heart that they would pray a sinner's prayer and say, Lord, I come before you just as I am please save me forgive me take me to heaven when I die and help me to live for you because you gave your son to die for me in Jesus name we pray amen while we sing today will you let God have his way with you have, I have you received the savior Lord. have you received, received the beloved have son the one who came to die upon a cross one who came to die for your sin.
today. God bless you. Thank you very much for your attention and your attendance today. Don't forget uh, workers, 2.30 here. And uh, for the rest of those that are going to come and enjoy the trick-or-treat, invite your neighbors uh, to come. And if they're going out trick-or-treating, or tell them to come by, start early and come by here by 6 o'clock. But Masters, would you come and offer our benediction, please, sir? Any other announcements that need to be made? All right. We welcome our guests today. Please come back and see us again. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We come, first of all, with hearts of praise and worship, God. We acknowledge that you are God. We acknowledge your uh, authority and your uh, omnipotence. And we thank you, Lord, for this day and this service. We thank you, Lord, for the message. We pray, God, that we would take it. God, we would learn from it. We would apply it to our own lives. And God, we'd be better people for it. Thank you for each one that's here today. We lift up, Lord, the re- prayer requests for those that, that aren't here. I pray, God, that you'd answer in your perfect will. In your name we pray. Amen.